You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Man of God. <laughs> okay, uh, good morning church. My name is Idris. Um, it's a huge honor and privilege to share God's word with us this morning. Could we celebrate Yimika for sharing so kindly her God experience? Uh, Yimika is uh, one of our, I think she was here before LifePoint started, right? <laughs> so uh, LifePoint, in case you don't know, is very much part of the Elevation Church. Elevation Church is uh, pastored by Pastor Godman and Bolerewa Akinlabi. And I remember when we started to speak, I think we used to be, they used to be here, Elevation, the Island Church or the Elevation Church used to be here. And we started to speak about LifePoint. Um, we didn't even know what it was going to be called then. I remember one day Pastor Godman had mentioned it in the service, and um, and um, I think it was, it was uh, the three of them. So there are three girls. Yeah, just walk cha 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 to the front. You know, it's like yes, we would like to. We're interested in this work, whatever it is. <laughs> and it's going on three years. It's three years in January, and and um, and and we thank all the additional assistants. I think. Is she the last one to give her God experience? No. There's you push, the whole church help us beg Fikemi Adeshala to come and share her God experience. <laughs> All right. Um, let's do this. Uh, we finished preaching that whole series about how to live a great life. But I, I, I said to them on, on Wednesday that it's that kind of series where ever so often I would receive, I think, something that I think we should have included. So last Wednesday, I taught a message called The Power of Choice. And, um, and so once in a while, I probably will preach one more message. But if you were not here, please go on SoundCloud and uh, find it. Uh, and talked about how, I think we talked about faith, about predestination, about lend helplessness, and just the fact that God respects our choices. Um, and and uh, the first one of the first things he does for man, he puts him in the garden. He says to him, look, you know, this tree, this tree, I'm not going to force you, but I don't want you to do this. Um, and, you know, all the, and I'm, am I preaching the message again? No, just go, sorry, just go on SoundCloud and listen. And I, one of the things I said was that marriage is a choice. Yes, it's a choice. Because so, just to help all those people who are hiding about it, the Lord has not revealed to me, just stop it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just stop it. Okay. If you divide this church, single people in this church into two, we have almost as many men as we have women. <laughs> no, I, I see the numbers. It's almost equal. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm preaching about love today. Okay. Um, we're starting a new series about relationships. And we, we, I trust God that someone's life will change during this series. Uh, in case you don't know the Olagbegis, uh, Dikbo and Tokbe Olagbegi, fantastic couple. Um, they've been married now for how many years? Six. Huh? <laughs> they've been married now for how many years? Which one is it now? 16? 19? They've been married for almost 20 years. And they will talk to us a little bit this month. I think uh, Dick, uh, Tokba will preach on Wednesday by God's grace and Dickbo will continue from there but it's going to be fantastic I just, I'm the hype man I just came to 
Uh, but I do believe God will speak to us. Let's read out of Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19. Paul's praying for the church in Philippi. He says, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things which are excellent that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I read, the, I read in the message translation, Philippians 1 and verse 9. It says, so this is my prayer, that your love will flourish. Tell the person next to you, tell them, I pray that your love will flourish. It says, and that you will not only love much, but well. Tell the person, I pray that you would love well. Uh, it says, learn to love appropriately. Strong adjectives. It says you need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental. Gosh. Oh. It says live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of. Bountiful in fruits from the soul. Bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. God bless the reading of his word. Would you help me ask the person next to you, are you in love? Are you in love? I didn't say, are you in love and what's your number? I said, are you, are you in love? Okay. Um, all this nervous laughter. Relax, guys. I've never started preaching. <laughs> because love is an interesting, and it's, it's interesting how sometimes when we talk about relationships and when we talk about marriage, sometimes we talk about everything else but love. So um, sometimes I meet people, you know, People are nice enough. They bring someone to me at the end of service. Oh, Pierre, I'd like you to meet this girl. Um, and then I then start to have a conversation. Sometimes I'm, you know, in a good mood. I say, why do you want to get married to this person? It's amazing how nowadays, I, the first thing that I don't normally hear people say, because I'm in love with a person, because, you know, it's, I think we're a bit too sophisticated now. People don't really say that. It's more spiritual ones. Well, you know, I perceive from Romans chapter 1 that, you know, when I look into the prophetic uh, encounters I'm having, that this is the bone of my... All sorts of random things. I don't... Church people don't tell you they're in love. Okay? They also, by the way, don't tell me because they want to get married because they want to have sex. They don't tell me that. So they finish saying all the reasons for companionship, for uh, fulfillment of the kingdom of God's purpose... <laughs> Have you considered sex? Sex. Ah. Yeah, we're still thinking about it. My. Tell the person next to you, I know. I know. 
But when you listen to, um, when you listen to, oh, but by the way, I'm going to preach a message about sex this month. Yeah, yeah. Ah, God is <laughs> staring my head. Not from last month has been in my heart, but I just didn't want to look too eager. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that song is going to be good. <laughs> um, although you can't come to church that Sunday, sure. Okay, I'll tell you. Um, when we think about society's discussion about love, about love, it's interesting what the pictures it paints in our minds are. What are the songs we hear about love now? What's the most recent song that you've heard about love on the radio? Hey, talk, talk, talk. <laughs> what's, the, what's, the, what's the most recent song? I mean, at Sharon's, Sharon's eh? Excess Love? That song is like two years old. No, but, okay, yeah, that's a good song. You should, that's messy, messy chill. It's a good song. But that song, it, okay. <laughs> what else? What else have we heard? Felicia, do you listen to the radio? Perfect. Perfect is a long, that's an old song. What's more recent? Sam, what does it say? God will forgive all of you. <laughs> so you've not heard, um, let me Google. <laughs> you've not heard Tiwa's latest song. It's a lover, lover. <laughs> oh, now you know the song, Abby. Now that your pastor mentioned the song, you know the song. <laughs> yeah. We use it for exercise and all that. Don't worry. It's not like we're using to a word, running. Um, but we have, we have, we run the risk as a society and a generation of sexualizing love. So when you hear somebody say, I'm, I'm a great lover, half of your mind, even in church, even in church, think sex. But, but love is a lot more than sex. That's a good one. Tell the person next to you, love is more than sex. Uh, am I preaching my sex, this message about sex already? Yeah, 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 okay. So Paul says that I pray, and I like the Amplified, that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental. Gosh. Live a lover's life. Um, a number of us, most of us, are at the stage where you should be strongly considering a relationship or marriage if you're not married already. You should be strongly considering a relationship or marriage if you're not married already. Um, it's interesting that time is moving on. So when, when generations ago, when you were 16-ish, yeah, before the white man came, you'll be, you know, you'll be offered in marriage. It'll bring somebody for you. Well, things have now changed. Um, I don't know what the current average age for marriage in our country is, but going by the exchange rate, I would say, what do you think it is? What age do people get married? 30? For the girls, 30. For the guys, 40. 
35. And you know, people are calling the age, like, <laughs> people are trying to compare their age with the average age that people are calling out just to see where they think they are in life. But you're on a very different clock from everybody else, okay? Um, I got married uh, um, just before I turned 26. Yeah, event centers were cheaper in my time. (laughs) But you don't get married at an age. Stop calculating my age, relax. (laughs) You don't get married at an age. It's not a particular age. I think there's maturity and there's opportunity. There's maturity and there's opportunity. But a lot of us are at a stage where if you are not married yet, you, are, you should be considering a relationship now. And I don't want to go into I think this one Sunday will make a case for marriage. Because marriage is a good thing. Marriage is an important thing. Um, because we see a lot of drama about marriage in our age that just, you know, for a number of people, you, it's now, should I, should I not? And if I do, will it work? But marriage is a beautiful thing. When God created marriage, it's not all this drama that we see nowadays. It's not. He meant it to be a beautiful thing, and it is a beautiful thing. My my thought this morning is how that we develop a right concept of what love is, a right attitude towards what love is, that when we get into relationships and into marriage, that love will be a foundation for all that happens. Let me start by this. God's love, God's love is the standard for love in a Christian marriage. God's love is the standard for love in a Christian marriage. It is. When Jesus, or when Paul speaks about the relationship between a husband and a wife in Ephesians chapter 5, he's very clear. Ephesians 5, I think it's 25. He's speaking to men, and I think it applies to all. He says, husbands, love your wives. That's easy, right? Men, you can love, you can love a woman, right? Inshallah. There are people who have sworn they will not sit in front throughout this series. But it says, but hang on. He says, I do not ask you to love uh, the way the songwriters of our day say you should love. He says, I have not asked you to love the way people loved in the generations before. I have not asked you to love the way you saw it on that romantic movie. No. How does he say that we should love? He says, just as Christ also loved the church. That's fine. That's, that's not hard, right? But Paul says, hang on, let me explain a bit further. He says, and give himself for her. That gets tricky. It gets tricky. What do you mean by he gave himself for her? Because when, and we'll get there shortly, when you let the world explain to you, and I mean in the world, I mean just generally society and media and everything, tell you what love is, how love should be, 
sometimes you don't know when you're buying a fake. It says that he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the word, by washing of water by the word, that he may present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she may be holy and without blemish. Um, and that's fine, but how did Jesus, what did Jesus do for, for the church? He died for the church. He gave himself for the church. And so, Jesus' love is sacrificial. I've explained to us before I read it again, Philippians chapter 2, that for me, one of the best definitions I have of love in Scripture comes out of Paul's letter to the Philippians, uh, the second chapter. That it is about a reprioritization, if I could create that word, of self. Is where you allow someone else rank higher than you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So there is a sacrifice attached to the love that God displays. So Jesus, and I'll and I, I, I read two scriptures to our hearing. When Jesus speaks in John chapter 15 and verse 12, he says, this is, the, this is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Fantastic. Great. Then he gives them an example. Greater love has no one than this. Than to lay down one's life for his friends. Ah, okay. Interesting. Help me ask the person again next to you. Are you in love? Are you in love? They're not sure anymore. <laughs> because love has different types. First John, he would say, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. There are different manner of love. It's different types. I mean, people who are you know, more skilled theologians than I would tell you, oh, so when you look through scripture, well, there are different Greek words for love. But Paul is very clear how he situates the love that we should see in marriage. And, and so when people talk about should the man be the head of the home or not, I don't think you should fight about it because one of the first things that a man is required to model and lead in a house is love. Love. Not, love is not flower. Mm -mm. It's, not, it's not buying flowers. If that makes you happy, then buy flowers. But love is not even a car. Cars are nice. But if the guy has a hundred cars, and out of, he says, just bring one car, and he takes it to you, and says, Rolly, I love you, here, car. But you don't know that he's just brought you one car out of many. You say, oh, this guy loves me. And so I'm telling you, he loves me. He bought me a car. A whole car. G-Wagon. And I wrote the, the, it's there, my name is there in front, Raleigh, at the back, blessed assurance. <laughs> he knows I'm a Christian. He loves me. <laughs> I 
Because this, he says men love your, so I remember standing here one day, I used to be the pastor in charge of uh, membership and so when people wanted to get family and everything, the elevation church. So when people wanted to get married, they would send them to me. So this young guy came, or this lady, I remember, she was someone so dear to me. It still is. And she says, oh, this is the guy I want to marry. This guy's, you know, nice looking guy. I can't remember whether he had beards, but you know, you know, nice guy. He, he had been around. He, he's regular chap. I think he's even from Ibado, but that's irrelevant. And I don't know, I don't, I don't know whether it's because it was this particular person, normally a nicer, and we're having a conversation, and I, I, can't remember, I can't remember how we even got there. And I said to him, I'm telling you a true story. I said, Chief, you know, she's very close to me, uh, you know, she's like my child, uh, but you know that I cannot die for her. <laughs> we laughed. I said, but the expectation, if I'm paraphrasing, is that you will be able to die for her. True story. Guy looks at me. He says, no, sir. <laughs> In front of the girl, so it's not that, no, no, no. And he says, I, and, and I, I'm explaining this later to Pastor Godman that I can't understand, though, that <laughs> he didn't even form. He said, no, no, he doesn't, he doesn't agree that he has to die for her. I said, no, but you know, you need to be. He said, no. Needless to say that, you know, uh, happily, I was, I was a bit sad in happiness when that relationship didn't work out. Jesus has died for all of us already. Guys, relax. But how do you say to someone that I love you and all you want to do is to sleep with her? That is not love, sir. Not only do you want to sleep with her, you want to sleep with her before you marry her. That is not love. Somebody just said, I knew I shouldn't have come to church today. God is just, but, but hang on. It's not love. Because when you say I love, Jesus says, the Bible says in John 3, he says God so loved that he gave. He, it is about I love you, I want to give you my life. I want to rank you higher than I rank myself. If I have five naira, I want you to have three. If I had a blessing, I would like you to have it. If only one person can get on the raft and leave the rest of us in the boat to die, you go. Because growing up, I could not understand why the guy did not insist that both of them should come down in the film Titanic and die in the cold water. But, but God is helping me. Dear. <laughs> and sweetheart, if, if we're ever in the boats, one person could come down. You're coming down in the boats. With the hope that you would find someone to come and get me. So, what is love? This whole... Because... It is important that you go into a relationship and married looking for someone who loves you but also ready and willing to love. Uh, one, every so often we see 
you know, people come. And sometimes you just, one of the privileges of being a pastor is that sometimes you see people at different times and phases in their life. Sometimes you see a couple who, on their wedding day, danced. They, they danced. There's no dance they didn't dance. They even had... Uh, she was having. They even had choreography. They had. They danced. They, they danced. They danced. They did. You know, level up challenge. They did. They, they danced. Dance. 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 Then I entered in my feelings. You were looking at that. Ah, everybody. The guy even sang. And then three years later, they are fighting each other. They are using words that they would not use on strangers. Look, huh? Love is why is love important in marriage? Why is it important in relationships? <laughs> I, I, I've said to people when you think of God's wisdom, when you think of the will of God, when James, James 3, I think in 17, begins to 17, 18, begins to speak about the wisdom that comes from above. When you look at the attributes of wisdom that he speaks about as being heavenly, it is interesting that the qualities there are very similar, almost the same thing as what Paul describes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when he talks about love. It's gentle, reasonable, overflowing in mercy and blessings. And now they take the scripture away. So love is the wisdom and the will of God. Love is the wisdom. The NKJV says it is pure, it is peaceable, the wisdom that comes from above. It is gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. When you compare this 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when Paul begins to talk about the love of God, you see a lot of similarity. Love, God's wisdom is not far from love. In fact, when God begins to explain spiritual warfare and how you should approach your enemies, quote and unquote, he talks about you acting, praying in love. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4.8 that love covers a multitude of sins. He says, above all, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. And I said to people, in a relationship, in marriage, everyone is work in progress. I know you think you're perfect because Ed Sheeran said so. But we, observers of your life, do not think so. You are work in progress. So when Paul, in Ephesians chapter 5, talks about the perfect example, Jesus and the church, he says Jesus does not receive his bride as finished work. It says, but Jesus has this work going on by the washing of water, by the word, where there is an improvement. And so when two people go into a relationship or marriage, they are not perfect by any means. I am not perfect by any means. I'm very aware of that. I'm very aware of that. And because when two imperfect people go into a relationship, there needs to be cover for the multitude of sins and faults. So love 
in a relationship or marriage will guarantee the presence and the power of God. Scripture will say how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It says there, God will command his blessings. James chapter 3 will say where there is envy and strife. It says every other kind of evil dwells there. Um, so, so this is important for, do I have the capacity to recognize love? Do I have the capacity to give love, the God kind of love? Do I have it? So Paul will say, the scripture we read, that your love may abound still more and more. So there is space for improvement. There is space for improvement. I put in my notes this morning how that I don't think there's any temperament. Some people say, you know me, I'm introverted, some I'm extroverted. That cannot love. I don't think so. May I say to someone who is a young man, and, and because you, when you think of preparing for marriage, you are thinking of a flat in Lekki. I'm trying to get this nice flat so that when my wife comes, she will be comfortable. And, and I want the flat to have all this nice TV so when she comes, she can watch TV. I, oh, I must have cable, DST. I must have DST. Oh, I, and I want to have a car, maybe two cars, two cars. But one, one is, I will be taking Uber. She can be driving. But um, when material things are available, but love is absent, it just means that people will be sad in the midst of plenty. Yeah? Human beings are created to thrive in love. So when God wants to give you his child, when he wants to give you the woman of your dreams, follow me? Yeah. One of the things he's considering is does follow me have the capacity to nurture this person? What is God looking at? Is he looking at your voice? No. She can play music on iTunes. Is they thinking, oh, Falabi will now make her rich? No. There are lots of women, and so should be, who can make their own money. But the, they cannot buy love in the supermarket. Human beings were created to thrive in an atmosphere of love. Help me ask the person next to you, are you in love? Are, are you in love? Are you in love? So, as I prepared for this, there were two or three big things that I wanted us to consider about love. One, I realized that not a lot of us have found tons of examples about love in our life. Not a lot of us have models of love. I, I realized that people who grew up in our part of the world, I, I say this carefully, have not perceived love in specific ways, especially when it comes to emotional expressions. Not a lot of us grew up in an atmosphere where we were told, I love you on a daily basis. By your parents. Particularly by your fathers. 
growing up, if my father called me and said, oh, Idris, I love you, I would be worried. I would immediately call my siblings. Did he call you to reach out for my mom? And, and, I don't, and I think I need to just do this. I, don't, I cannot remember. I, I still don't figure. I still don't remember my father hugging me. And I, I don't see why. I think I should just, just remind me. Of, I should just go home and give him a couple of hugs. What's the worst that he would say? <sighs> that his son from Lagos has come and started acting strange. But seriously, that was not. He, and he loves me. I know this. I know it. But not that kind. No, they didn't show it like that. Because for us as Africans, that was weakness. You saw a man say he was hugging his son. There is something wrong. In fact, people were restrained from being too affectionate before the children would spoil. And so sometimes we do not realize that we replicate that which we have been brought up in. Paul says to the church in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, but you have not so learned Christ. So there is a learning when it comes to being a Christian. <sighs> um, I, I need to say this to someone because I think that for too long we've been permitting people to love us at such base levels. So he bought you shawarma, so he loves you. What rubbish. He took you to the movie, he loves you. But when it comes to that which is precious to God and to you, how does he treat it? Does he care about the dreams and visions in your life? I know she makes you look good. When you step out with her, you can see all the other guys looking at her and then looking at you. But does she know what God said you should do on the earth? A lot of us have not had models for love. Some of you, just if you do the audit in your mind mentally now, over the last 10 years, look at the people who you say you loved. Just think. Sorry, I thought people would need time, but it's okay. Some of you is just one person. The type of people you said you loved. Look at the type of people who you allowed to love you. I remember the one friend of mine who, by the time we sat down to look through the list, we realized that everyone she had been in a relationship with, by the time the relationship ended, they were owing her money. <laughs> mm. She was a bank. <laughs> but you deserve the love of a king. You do. You, you should, and this is where I want, I think God is come bringing us to, the place where we are ready to give the most and expect the best. You deserve the love of a king. And I say, and ladies say, yes, yes. The challenge sometimes is that when God brings your king to you, 
you, you have to be able to recognize Jesus when he's still in the manger. Because sometimes when they're calling the king to anoint him, David, he's still smelling like he's been with sheep. going to be an interesting thing. Because you deserve the love of a king, but if you are waiting to see him show up in a G-Wagon with a crown, a convoy, some people are unable to come to this, come to this place where they are interpreting the love of God and processing it and you know, pushing it in the relationship because of abuse and disappointment. Because of abuse and disappointment. And so they've set up walls and fences. No one comes in, no one goes out. At least I'm safe that way. I say to people ever so often that forgiveness is a spiritual discipline that Christians do not, cannot, it's a life, that's what it is, it's a life skill, it's a survival skill as a Christian in this world. Because the last thing you must, you can afford to do is to retain bitterness in your heart. A person who has gone through a tough time in life, all sorts of encounters. Your stepmom did not like you. Chinedu uh, broke up with you in primary three. Actual physical abuse. Someone took advantage of you. Some uncle took advantage of you when you were 13. Someone broke up with you. You loved her. You gave her all your pocket money. After you gave her your tight, you gave her 90% of your money. And then she went and she married your best friend. And posted on Instagram and tagged you. But we need to realize that sometimes people would use their own hands to take themselves out of your life because they are not in the plan of God for you. They are not. But what then happens is that you take that bitterness. You are stalking her on Instagram every day. By the side, you're using a friend's account. You check what she posted. You just want... Some of your parents broke up, had nasty fights. And you don't know how much that has taken away from your ability to love. Some guy it was a maca that disappointed you. Huh? And guys, you know sometimes when a maca disappoints you on Friday, you know it's not all bad. Sometimes your pastor that was praying on Friday morning. <laughs> all their makas in your life. And for lack of two, they will disappoint you. Sometimes it's the girl that God has assigned to your destiny. That's just praying. Lamed is just praying in tongues on Friday morning. And you are ringing a maca on Friday evening. First John chapter 4 and 16. John says, and we have known one and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love 
abides in God and God in him. God has perfected, love has been perfected among us in this. And we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. And he who fears has not been made perfect in love. This is the equation. This is the solution. It says we love because he first loved us. And, and I say to us as Christians that sometimes we underestimate the privilege that we have to be children of God. All these people you have to impress for them to love you. Would you leave them alone for a season? Face the one who loves you unconditionally before you were born without a week, while you were still young, while you were still in your mother's womb. Would you first accept the love of God? Because too often we settle for fake. And too often we're in the place where we're unable to bring out the love of God. Bible says it abides in our heart, but we're unable to express it because there's too many things blocking. There's bitterness, there's disappointment. Pride. Christians are called to love the unlovable. God does God calls us to love. I mean, it should. When we describe us, when people describe us, it should be difficult for them to describe us without using the word love. Someone says, but P.I., we're talking about relationships and marriage. But this is the foundation. That when a man or a woman has not been able to receive the love of God, it is not surprising what we then manifest. Doesn't scripture say in Galatians chapter 5 that love is a fruit of the Spirit? pride. Matthew chapter 7 verse 3 to 5. He says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? But do not consider the plank in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye. And then you will clearly, you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. Let me tell the person next to you, you'll say, neighbor, I, I didn't want to point this out to you. But there is a speck in your eyes and a plank in my eyes. <laughs> Because too often we have not realized who we are in Christ. Paul will say of himself, he says, look, among sinners of whom I am chief. And sometimes we get to the place where we are unable to express love. Because sometimes we are working in pride. We think we are better than everybody else. And it's not so. It's not so. It's not so. First Thessalonians 3, 12, Paul says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another 
and to all just as we do to you. First Corinthians chapter 13. Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church about love. Love is, a, is such an amazing thing. So the next time you hear, I beg you, the next time you hear someone sing about love, would you intelligently analyze what they're saying? The next time you tell someone that you love them, would you let God tell you what you're saying? Love suffers long, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. And is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek his own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. So, life point, this is my challenge, my submission this Sunday morning as we begin to consider relationships. That there is a people, and look here, if Christ tarries, I believe God is calling us to some of the most successful marriages the world has ever seen. I thought your amen would be louder than that. Tell the person next to you, you're going to marry, and you're going to marry well. They didn't hear you. Tell the person on the other side, you're going to marry. And you're going to marry well. I didn't say you should propose. Relax. I challenge God is saying, look, would you let me love you, Samuel? So that before you look for Falake's love, would you let me love you? Would you let me love you, Esohe? So that when he comes looking all glammed up, beard, you know, fancy hair, accent, you can compare it with the love of the Father. I said, um, I do like your G-Wagon. I, I know my body shakes when you call my name. I like these lyrics you're writing. This restaurant you're taking me to, the food is good. But those people who are married will tell you that when love leaves your home, it can feel like a prison. So not everybody who is in prison is in Ikui prison. Some are in their houses, humble, but in prison. There is such encouragement in God's word about the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. That there's a way a man, I love Yimika's God experience. She said there was one day she came to church, just lying down, I see somebody was giving her a massage. I'm going to try it one day. But would you let God love you? How do you do this? 
read what he wrote to you now. Read the letters he sent you. Open the gift that he sent you. He sent you Jesus. Would you, do you know what Jesus is? Jesus is not just a religious figure. No, 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 no. He shed his blood for you. All these guys tell you, I will die for you. Jesus has died already. He's not promised. Because Caleb can tell you, ah, no, I can die for you. I can even sacrifice everybody in my village for you. But when push comes to shove, just small knockout. Holy Spirit, would you let God's people love you? And John, first John begins to talk about the love of God. He begins to explain that one of the reasons God puts you in church, in the body of Christ, is so that you would let this love experience start. So I, I'm always amused when I see people who, and I, and I know we go through seasons, who want to hide in church. Would you let us at least be there for you? Because oftentimes you would find the love of God expressed through the love of brethren. Would you let God's love heal you? Time does not heal. The same way time does not boil an egg. There is heat. It water. And you need to expose yourself to God's love, which is why worship is such a powerful thing. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 that we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are then being transformed from one level of glory to another by the Spirit of God. And, and that, I think, is the summary of the word I bring. I'm going to read out again First John chapter 4 and 16, because I think it's important for someone. That God is calling you to a depth of love that has not been known in your family before. The person who they said that nobody in your family, the women, all the women in your family leave their husbands. They say it's a spiritual cause. People have been looking for trees in your village to cut down. They can cut every, village, every tree in your village down. People will still behave like that, because sometimes there are strange mixes of temperament and just learnings, ways of thinking, things that are modeled consistently and strongly in certain families that just result in the same thing. But you will live a different life. I didn't hear that. You will live a different life. First John chapter 4. Verse 16 to 19. It says that we have known and believed the love that God has for us. I was reading the scripture earlier today. I said, have we believed the love of God? It says we have known and we have believed it. It says God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. In your days of judgment, did you have boldness? It says, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. 
It says because fear involves torment. And sometimes the dysfunctions that we see, but I'm not starting to preach again. This is my closing scripture. The dysfunctions that we see in our relationships, in our marriages, is the torment from the inside. The guy says, A, you explode. She has not even finished saying B. There's a fight. It says, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. God is calling us to love. One of the things that happens as we teach about relationships or anything else is that the grace of God is released. So I'm trusting God. But this season, guys will call you like never before. If you're a lady, amen. Good guys. Oh, no, I'm not joking. I'm not joking at all. I'm being serious. Oh, people... Oh yes, they will they will call your friends and ask that rolly girl, you want to praise like fire. Do you, do you know her number? The correct number. Plenty. As we teach about relationships, God will give you the wisdom to approach the right person. All these people you've been following up and down. Nah. He will open your eyes. You know, Lamide, Lamide in there, follow up. When we hear God, he's that's your wife. He will announce your name before a king. For Esther, he will bring Mordecai who will show you the path to the kingdom. So we hear supernatural things. Ah, all these overdue single brothers. Long overdue. Long overdue. Kaftans you have. I don't have this type when I was still single. You know, when kaftan of married man around town. <laughs> so I said, Pia, just pray. Just pray. <laughs> just pray. But there is, there is love that the Christian carries that makes a huge difference. There's healing that a Christian is entitled to that makes a huge difference. Uh, let's pray for the people behind, bes- be- beside us. Let's pray. Let's pray for the people beside us. I don't know who needs healing in God's presence. Follow me. Uh, I'm no longer a child. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Is that what? Well, I like you to just pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit a minute or two. Pray in the spirit a minute or two. Pray in the spirit a minute or two. Pray. Pray in the spirit. Flabby, do not sing too loudly. Because I'm still praying. Eh? But the singing is small, small. God bless you. <laughs> well, pray in the spirit a minute or two. Because the, you're holding the hands of someone. And you know sometimes we don't know what is underneath. We don't know what is in their heart. You don't know the pains that they carry. You don't know the fights they've been fighting. You don't know the pictures that they've been shown. You don't know the pictures that they've been shown. You don't know the pictures that they've been shown. You don't know the models that they have seen. But I'd like you to just pray in the spirit over their lives. Pray in the spirit over their lives. That God will bring healing in this season. You don't know who left them in a bad place. You don't know which brothers sold them like Joseph. 
You don't know who forgot them on anointing service day. But I'd like you to pray over their life. I beg you to pray over their life. I beg you to pray over that life. I beg you to pray. Because you're praying over someone's husband. You're praying over someone's wife. And someone will pray over your husband and over your wife. Could you just pray in the spirit? Could you just pray in the spirit? That the son of righteousness will arise with healing. That the balm of Gilead will be appropriate to this heart. That they will not settle for fake. They will not settle for cheap. They will not hear the lie of the devil that says you are only worth 10%. You are only worth 2%. They will not hear the lie of the devil who says that who can love someone like you. Uh, no, 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 no. Will you do battle in the spirit? That truth, truth will come Bible says the spirit of truth, when he will come, he will lead us into all truth. We pray in the spirit, we make a release of truth available to our brothers and our sisters today. It doesn't matter when it happens. It does not matter where it happens. It does not matter what happened. The prophet says, show me where it fell. Hey, Karabao, would you pray another minute, please? Would you pray another minute? This prayer is important for someone. Hey, you are praying for someone's father. You are praying for someone's mother. They said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But my God, my God, we yield to you tonight. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song. Come on, church, let's sing that song together. Come on, let's sing that. Of deliverance from my enemies. Till all my fears are gone I'm no longer, I'm no longer a slave to fear I am, I am a child of God I'm no longer, I'm no longer a slave to fear I am Sing from my mother's womb, from my mother's womb, you've chosen me, have chosen me. Hey, love has called my name, and I've been born again, I've been born again to a family, and yes, it's
speak to your heavenly father and say Lord increase my capacity to love and say Lord heal every heart remove every fence remove every door anything that stands in the way of me loving like I should Paul says to the Philippian church he says I pray for you that your love will abound in knowledge and in depth of insight would you pray would you pray over yourself someone just needs to say Lord I receive your love someone else just needs to say Lord thank you because I am lovable thank you because I am full of love Sunday of every month will share the communion. As I prepared for this communion, I kept hearing God talk about soul winning. <laughs> As you take this communion today, I want you to celebrate the fact that you belong to him. That you belong to him. That he came to win your soul. When his body was broken, his blood was shed. He came to win your soul. That you belong to him. That you belong to him. I'll serve the ministers and they will bring the communion to you.
thank him for his love. Sing it out, no shadow. No shadow, you are All over this room, sing it out. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming out. Come on, lift your voice and sing, no wall. No wall, you won't kick down. Come on, sing it like a minute. No shadow, you won't light up. No shadow, you won't Mountain, you won't climb up. at the dates 2,000 years before you even you're the one he came to look for his love his love for you is boundless his love for you is boundless it's deeper than all the seas it's got the energies of all the suns his love for you is his love for you is boundless. His love for you is transformation. God's love for you is proof of how attractive you are. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.